This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Bank St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. gathered that day and the Holy Spirit came and they started to speak in different tongues and the prophecy from Joel was recorded. Wouldn't it have been great to be there at that time, at that moment to receive? But you know what? We are still part of that today, aren't we? We are still the ones being talked about in this prophecy, about the fact that God would pour out his spirit on all people and we are those people today, that God would pour out his spirit, that would, we would be used, that the power of God would come upon us, that we could prophesy, that we could share. And we are still part of that Pentecost today. We don't need to have experienced it back then, although that would have been fab, I'm sure. But we can still experience the Holy Spirit in all its fullness. And we can be these people And I wonder, you know, how do we keep what God is giving to us? How do we keep this continuation of moving in the the power of the Spirit of God? Because the more I read the Bible, if you're like me, the more I read, the more I think I don't really know anything, and the more I need to read. And the more I find out about God, the more I think I I know his character, the more I realise I don't really have a full grasp of who God really is and, and I have to know him even more. And wonder sometimes, oh, you know, God, are you playing games? I don't think so at all. I just think it's God showing me that I can never have enough of God. God is so big and so mysterious, I can never have enough and just keep going further and further. And actually, you know, when it comes to God and when it comes to moving in the power of God's spirit, the only person that will limit that is ourselves. You know, God wants to use each and every one of us, doesn't he? The Spirit of God wants to work through our lives and wants to do stuff in us and and that it's beyond what we can ever dream or what we can ever imagine would take place in our lives. And God won't limit that. We will be the ones to limit that. God is as powerful in each and every one of us and can be. But I know in my own life, it's me that puts the limits on God. Brilliant, thanks. (laughs) And so, there's this specific moment, this day of Pentecost, when the the followers were baptised in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we can have that moment where, you know, we've given our lives to Christ and we've decided to follow Jesus, but when we have that moment of being filled with the Holy Spirit and baptised in the Holy Spirit to be empowered for the things that God uh, wants for us. We don't lose the Spirit, okay? Sort of like once we're filled with the Spirit of God, once we've been baptised with the Spirit of God, it's not like the Spirit of God will leave us, okay? He's not going to abandon us. So I think, you know, if we are, if I'm not seeing the fullness of God working in my life, if I'm not seeing the Spirit of God manifest himself fully in my life, 
um, then it's probably me not really tapping into the Spirit of God and tuning in to what God really wants for my life. Because I remember the time when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, um, a very significant moment, and I did feel empowered by God, and that's still there. The Spirit is living in me, like the Spirit is living in you. And it's for us to tap into that and walk with that and be in tune with that, to allow God to do everything that he wants to do in and through us. Now, I know we just sometimes need a reawakening, and that's why it's so good. That's why it's so brilliant that we pray with one another and we stand with one another and we pray that the Spirit will enable us and we pray that the Spirit will come alive in us again and refresh us again so that we can be alive to the power of God working through us. So it's really good to do that because sometimes, although we have the, the, the fullness of the Spirit within us, we're not always, well, I'm not anyway, always walking really fully in that power. And I do need people to come and pray that I would be alive again to it. And so there's one particular verse that's been speaking to me a lot, which is Galatians chapter 5, verse, 20, uh, chapter 5, verse 25. And it's real simple. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Good stuff. Look, it's ready there. It's like, wow. Okay. Um, And, you know, we're here this morning today, gathered, and I'm sure we've experienced the Holy Spirit in many different ways in our life, moving through us and using us. Maybe power to energize our lives maybe in the form of a healing, maybe in the form of some sort of refreshing touch. We've had that, that, that experience, that Pentecost experience that these believers had. And we have the Spirit within us. But I want to ask that question today of how do we continue to live in that power of the Spirit? How do we continue to live in that Pentecost moment? And I think this verse in Galatians about Keeping in step with the Spirit is so important. To embrace all that the Holy Spirit wants to do through our lives, it's about keeping in step with him. I remember when I was young, actually I don't think it's changed that much now, but my mum, um, she's a really fast walker. Some of you might be like this. She's like, everything is going at a really fast pace, like supersonic. Sometimes I have to say to my mum, look, I... Are we in a rush to go this place? Because should we just walk rather than? Um, but she was just. I remember as a child having to sort of like you know when you have to sort of like keep up like this. Maybe um, that's just me. But um, I remember having to do that, and actually I still kind of do that today a little bit. But she would be a lot faster than me walking, and I have to used to try and keep up. It, I do it a little bit now, but I, I, I do it for fun now with my youngest niece because she's only young and sometimes I'll walk really fast and she's like trying to catch up with me and then sometimes I'll walk really slow and she has to like fall in line and fall in step with my steps and really that's just a simple little illustration as a window into what I want to speak to today of the fact that we've got to be like that to keep in step with the spirit I don't want to be holding on to the Holy Spirit and dragging behind when the spirit is wanting to run and I'm dragging my feet. I don't want to be running ahead of the spirit and doing my own thing. It's about trying to find that balance of walking and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing. And so I want to take a little look um, at Galatians today 
about keeping in step with the Spirit. And just to give you a little bit of background, the book of Galatians is actually a letter, isn't it, that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. And Paul was writing this letter because he was concerned for the people there because they'd had the message of Jesus Christ. But what had happened is um, that people had come in and were sort of teaching them different things. And the people there in Galatia were getting confused. The new Christians there, the first churches, were getting confused about the message that Paul had, had already given them and then the message that was coming in from other religious people. And um, Paul really wanted to say to them, look, folks, you know, the, the Old Testament law, there's a limit on the Old Testament of law of what that law can do for you. And Paul's really wanting the, the people in Galatia to see that they could rely on the Spirit of God. They could have a total reliance on the Holy Spirit to do the work in their lives. And they'd become confused because many of the religious teachers, the Jewish teachers, were saying they had to follow the law of Moses and they had to follow the customs of Moses, meaning things like circumcision and all of those different things. And they, and, and they were like, oh, we, you know, what do we do? What do we follow? And actually, Paul was trying to say, look, it's not about following the Old Testament law and the customs of the Old Testament law. That won't bring your salvation. Your salvation comes through Christ. Your salvation comes through the grace of God. And your righteousness is found in Christ because you'll never be able to keep that law. And so Paul was really trying to show the Galatians this idea about actually, you know, it's the grace of God. It was, it was about letting the Spirit do the work in their lives rather than thinking they had to fulfill all these customs. And so I want to suggest today there's two things about keeping in step with the Spirit. We have to adjust to the Spirit, and we have to be in agreement with the Spirit. And I want to just unpack that a little bit. I wonder how many times in our lives um, where, we ha- where we can think back to where we've had to make adjustments in our life. All the time, isn't it? We have to sort of adjust to things, whether it's, children coming along or whether it's getting married or whether it's getting a new job or going to a new country or just the circumstance that you didn't expect to be in and you have to then readjust your life okay all the time we're making these slight adjustments and I don't think there's anything different when it comes to the spirit of God we too have to make adjustments to God's spirit in our life but often I think that's the one thing we don't always make adjustments for the holy spirit comes and touches our lives the holy spirit comes and we encounter the holy spirit maybe here on a sunday or wherever it is we get encouraged we get built up and then we go home and we do exactly the same thing and we think exactly the same thing and we speak in exactly the same way and actually we haven't really fully adjusted ourselves and aligned ourselves to what the Spirit of God is really wanting to do and what it's wanting to teach us. And sometimes we can make the mistake of, of having that encounter and then going off and doing our own thing. And it's almost like we say, God, actually, you know, the Spirit, you're going to have to adjust to my life. You're going to have to adjust to what I want to do and my thinking and my plans and my ways. And actually, you know what? I don't think the Spirit of God's going to do that. I think the Spirit of God is waiting for us to go, we will adjust to what you want to do. What is the Spirit of God saying to us today? And do we have to make those adjustments? In my own life, I just look at my life, I can be so in my own zone, my own way of thinking, my own plans, my own purposes, my own way of thinking and talking and whatever. 
expecting God to do what I want him to do. And actually the Spirit is saying, I need you to adjust to me. Keep in line with me. Walk with me. I thought we'd do a little, um, I thought I'd do a little slide presentation today of some animals in the natural world. Okay, if you look at the natural world, you'll see all around you, I don't know if you love like me watching things like Blue Planet, okay, and you'll see that creatures adjust to their surroundings all the time. So I thought I'd show you some of the ones that um, I discovered. Now, can you, I don't even know if you can actually see these. Okay, so these are camouflaged animals. Um, I'm going to have to say what this, yeah, bat-faced toad. I know it well, yeah? Can you actually see the bat-faced toad, yeah? A little in there. Okay, what about this one? This is the common barren caterpillar. I mean, that's pretty impressive, okay? I mean, I know you can just about see it, but if you were like a predator, you probably wouldn't see that, would you? That's amazing. Okay, and what about this one? Yeah, look at that. The leaf-tailed gecko. Great. Can you imagine looking like that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if you were a gecko, obviously. I um, <laughs> wouldn't want to look like that. But that's, that's good. I mean, I, I think he's impressive. And this one, this is a little seahorse. You just see him in there. Apparently, they didn't even know these seahorses existed. It wasn't until really close inspection of the coral that they, that they discovered it. It's like those magic eyes, isn't it? Where is it? Okay. Yeah, great camouflage. And what about these um, creatures? Okay, this little dude is the Alaskan wood frog. And they're so clever, okay, because temperatures um, go down to minus 80 degrees Fahrenheit where these guys live, yeah, pretty cold, um, to survive that temperature, they actually have to freeze their whole body solid. That means they stop their hearts beating. They stop breathing for the winter. They turn off. And then they thaw out for spring. I think I could do that. <laughs> I really feel like I need some warmth, sunshine. I could just thaw out for spring. Um, so that's a pretty clever little frog there. This one is the kangaroo rat. He's quite cute, isn't he? Kangaroo rat. Now, he has to survive in the desert without any water. So they, they, don't, they don't have any water. The only moisture they get is from the seeds that they eat. Um, and he can jump nine feet to help avoid predators. And that's why he's called a kangaroo rat. Um, this, these here, uh, these are tube worms. <laughs> they live 8,000 feet below sea level. It's very dark down there. Very dark. But apparently, they live in their habitat where they are. There's this um, toxic gas, and they um, have the ability to be able to change this toxic gas that would kill everything else, but they change it to actually so that they can produce carbohydrates to keep them alive. I'll give you one more. I've just got into this. I just liked it. Look at these fish here. These fish are able to make their own antifreeze. Okay? Again, because a little bit like the frogs, it's so cold in the Antarctica where they are that they, they produce their own antifreeze and that will prevent them from freezing to death. Crazy, isn't it? Wow. But these creatures have to adjust and adapt to their environment. Okay, because if they don't, they won't survive. Okay, that little frog who has to freeze himself, if he decided, actually, you know what, I don't think I'll do that this season. I think I'll just give it a go. No, if, if he did that, he wouldn't survive. He has to freeze himself so that he can then survive and come back to life in the spring. I wonder whether, actually, there's a need for us sometimes to realise that we are in the presence 
the environment of the Spirit. And the Spirit is living within us. And we need, perhaps, to just adjust ourselves to what the Spirit wants to do, rather than saying, Spirit of God, fit in with me, fit in with what I want. Perhaps we need to fit in with the Spirit of God. I remember the nursery rhyme when I was little, Pussycat, Pussycat, where have you been? Do you remember that? I've been to London to look at the Queen. Pussycat, Pussycat, what did you do there? Under the chair. I frightened the little mouse under the chair. Now, when I was a child, I always used to think to myself, that was a wasted opportunity. (laughs) For my mind as a child, (laughs) insight. Because I used to think to myself, the cat went to London to look at the Queen. And what did it do? It just frightened a little mouse under the chair. It did what it always does. And it, had, it was in the presence of royalty. Could have done anything. Could have gone and visited, you know, the palace and seen all the royal things and, you know, had milk from the royal kitchen and sat on the royal sofa. And, but no, it just goes and frightens a little mouse under the chair. Why, I used to think. Just, you know. But we can be like that. We can be you know, just doing what we've always done. And maybe the Spirit is wanting us to just be open to him, to adjust to new things, to have the opportunity for new things and not just do what we've always done, but to adjust to the Spirit. And what does adjusting to the Spirit mean? Well, I think let's have a little quick look at this. Okay, I think it means this in Galatians 3. Chapter 3, verses 2 to 5. We can't think that we can make it by pursuing God in the flesh. It says this, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit? So Paul is writing to the Galatians here, okay? Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing the faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? You see, the people in in that time, the agitators, had infiltrated the churches in Galatia and they were teaching things um, uh, to the people and saying, you know, salvation comes through circumcision. And so the people there were like, oh, do we need to do that? And Paul is saying, no, look, you know, don't go back to the things of the flesh. Stay in line with the Spirit. I don't know whether you guys know this guy here, who this is. This is a famous stuntman in the 19th century, Charles Blondin. And he used to tight rope walk okay, across the Niagara Falls. And um, he used to do all sorts of tricks on the rope. You can see there that he's you know, walking on his own, but then he would sit down and have like a, a meal at a table on the tight rope. Um, uh, he went on. A, he went with someone. He went with a wheelbarrow across it, and then the ultimate one was the one where he decided to shout out to the crowd, "Would anybody volunteer to come across the tightrope with me?" Oh yeah, I will. <laughs> like why? Um, so somebody did, and um, they went on his back. So he took this, this volunteer from the crowd along the on, on his back across the tightrope. Wow, amazing. Now supposing that that volunteer was on the back and said to Charles, you know what, actually, I'm not very safe, I don't really trust you anymore, I think I'll do it on my own, thanks, put me down. Yeah? 
Can you imagine him saying that? Can you imagine what the crowd would be saying? No, you're crazy. Don't do it. For goodness sake, stay on his back. You're much safer there. And I think this is the situation that's happening here um, with Paul speaking to the Galatians. He's saying, you know, why? Guys, stop being crazy. He didn't quite say it like that. But stop being crazy. Don't try and do it on your own. Don't try and do it in your own flesh. Don't walk away from relying on the Spirit to empower you and to help you and to guide you. How often can we do that in our own lives? Where we go it alone in the flesh. And maybe it's because of the the sins, because there's some sort of big temptation and we walk away because we're walking into the wrong thing. There can be that, where we try and do it on our own. But sometimes, actually, we can be trying to do really good things, good things, but we're doing it on our own. Good things to try and receive some sort of blessing, to try and tick some boxes perhaps. But you know what? If we're not depending on the Spirit, it's not going to work. We have to try and align ourselves with the Spirit of God. Adjusting means that we don't walk off. We don't try and do it ourselves. We don't do our own thing, however tempting it can be at times, for whatever reason. But it's adjusting means to to do it with the Spirit, relying on the Spirit. I also think adjusting means this, that we need to be careful who or what we allow into our lives. Galatians 5, 7 says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Paul is saying, look guys, you're doing really well. What's happened? Who is it that has hindered you here from obeying the truth? And from the verses that follow, he suggests there's one person that's been instrumental in just confusing their thinking of becoming a true believer. And Paul goes back to his running analogy here, back on the running track. You know, you were running a good race. You were doing well. Who's cut in? Like the protester running onto the track or or the field. And everything's got to slow down and even sometimes stop. As many of you know, I um, had the privilege of going to South Africa last summer. And um, I was able to drive the way down the National Kruger Park, which was absolutely awesome and amazing to see the wildlife there. Um, but we were on a we were straight road down. We only had a day, so we couldn't stop much. But we were driving all the way down through Kruger. And, of course, when you're driving down in, in a national park with so much wildlife around you, things are going to get in the way. And so every so often we would have to stop dead in our tracks on the road because some giraffes were walking past or a whole load of buffaloes were coming through. And it's quite amazing to have that. And you think this little car is going to keep you safe, isn't it? It's crazy, really. But anyway, we sat there. Just like just see these giraffes walking by you or some buffaloes. Absolutely amazing. But you had to stop because there was this roadblock. Not like the roadblocks over here, eh? Wouldn't it be great if you know, it was a giraffe rather than a diversion or whatever it was? But things can come in our path. Things can so easily come across our journey and our path and just get in the way. And Paul speaks to the Galatians here and says, who's hindering you from obeying the truth? I wonder what, you know, what is hindering us in our walk with God? Who is hindering us? What's come in to stop us from fully embracing a life of the Spirit? We can't blame the race for the prize. We just need to identify what it is that slowed us down. And often, sometimes, even the thing that's come in, whether it be a person or whatever it is, sometimes it's not even that that always 
hinders us. Sometimes it's ourselves, our attitude, our approach, the way we think about things that will hinder us. And I think to adjust to the Spirit means that we don't allow things to slow us down. What is it in our lives that hinders? Is there something that just comes in to stop you fully embracing the Spirit of God and all that he wants to do through you? It could be a whole array of things. Or it could be somebody. It could be a particular person. And to adjust to the Spirit means that we, just, we throw off everything that hinders us. We get rid of all that hinders us. The Bible tells us to do that. Adjusting to the Spirit also means, finally, that we, we try to find what pleases the Spirit. In Galatians 6.8 it says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Ephesians 5 verse 10 says, Find out what pleases the Lord. What is it that pleases God? You know, we, we're really fortunate that we have the Bible to teach us. But the church here in Galatians, all they had was the Old Testament and this letter that Paul had written to them. That's all they had. And they were trying to find out this idea of what actually pleases God. But we've got no excuse because we've got the Bible, we've got the New Testament. We've got it laid out before us about what pleases the Lord. But we must also try and pursue the voice of God. That we can pursue the Spirit to hear what he's saying to us today as well as through the Scriptures. To please the Spirit means we spend time with the Spirit, isn't it? We actually find time on our own to be connected to the Spirit of God. I know that can be difficult. I know it's in our busy lives, it's hard. But it's finding that time. I think it's about trial and error sometimes. You know, if we want a relationship with the Holy Spirit, any relationship is one of exploration. And we need to explore the Spirit and trial and error. I think sometimes the church, you know, worldwide, sometimes guilty of not just experimenting and having that trial and error. We get so worried, you know. You think you've heard from the Spirit of God. And then you think, I'm not sure if that's right. Should I give it to that person? I sometimes do that. You know, when you stand there and you go, right, God, well, if it's from you, you've got to send me a sign. And I want that person to stand up, that person to do a cartwheel, that person to do a roly-poly. And if then, I'll say it. And none of that happens to go, well, it can't have been from God. Because that didn't happen. I just do those things. And I had to go on a journey, I think, of thinking about the Spirit of God in my life and going, you know what, just trial and error. And there's times when I've given words of prophecy and they've been spot on and somebody will say to me, that's just amazing, that's really spoken to me. There's times when I've given a word of prophecy and people are looking at me going, nah, duh, well, that doesn't really make sense. Okay, I go, oh, okay, that's fine, it might have got it completely wrong, but that's all right. That's okay, isn't it? It's that trial and error. And just to say, just to be open, and I think we need more of that, just to be open to the Spirit of God to say, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me? I think pleasing the Spirit means to be obedient to be sensitive to what the Spirit's doing and really to have a desire for him. So we need to adjust to what the Spirit is doing. But also I think we need to be in agreement with the Spirit. I think back before when I was saying about that example of walking with my mum or my niece walking with me, to keep in step, to keep in time. But also that can mean, that can be translated to mean to be in agreement with. And we have to be in agreement with the Spirit and I know I haven't got long, but I'm going to go through these quickly. I think being in agreement means this, that, that we, we know and understand God as Abba Father. 
I think the terminology that is used in the Bible is so beautiful. Galatians 4, 6 says this, And because of your sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This call is the call of Jesus, isn't it? Abba, meaning Daddy. It's a, a very close term. And does this mean that we have to come like children? Is that what it's saying? Well, yeah, I mean, the Bible does encourage us to come like children, doesn't it? to God when we want to receive, to have, have faith like a child. But I think not so much necessarily from this verse, because Abba was a term that was used by the older um, Jewish children as well. It wasn't just young children, but this term was used throughout. The point is, it's not the age of the person saying it. But what was it? It was the level of intimacy, the level of fellowship that they had with their parents. And I think to be in agreement with the Holy Spirit means that we know the Holy Spirit wants us to know God the Father as Abba, that real intimate closeness. I said last week about the word of Yahweh. It's that same idea of just being so intimate with God, so grateful that God is not a God who's far off, that God is not a God who's distant, out there somewhere. But actually God is is a close God, one that we can know as Abba, one that we can know as Father, one that we can know intimately. And to be in agreement with the Holy Spirit means that we recognise that our Father is Abba Father. I also think to be in agreement means that we recognise that he's the spirit of joy. In Galatians 4.15 it says, um, What then has become of your blessedness? For I test, This is Paul again. For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Weird little thing there, but... Um, Basically, Paul is saying to them, look, where's your joy gone? If we go back a bit further in that text, um, Paul says, formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? How can you go back to that? He's saying, what's become of your blessedness? Where's your joy gone, folks? what he's saying to them because they got caught up in all this other stuff all this other teaching you know when john the baptist came he was criticized for being too severe when jesus came he was criticized for being too frivolous you know out there meeting people full of life conversing with sinners and the holy spirit came the holy spirit's full of joy the holy spirit is a joyful spirit am i going to align myself am i going to be in agreement with the spirit of god being a spirit of joy a spirit of happiness, a spirit to enrich our lives so that I don't hold on to my hurt and my pains and I don't try and restrict the spirit and try and stay balanced and ordered in my life. Sometimes, you know, we can say, you know, come Holy Spirit, but actually, just be quiet about it. Come Holy Spirit, but don't mess things up in my life. Don't, don't bring any sort of disorder. Don't discombobulate me in any way. This is what can happen sometimes with the church, isn't it, as well? And are we allowing the Holy Spirit to come and have his way completely in our lives without restriction, to allow him to move however he wants to move? I struggle sometimes with that because I'm quite an uh, ordered person, maybe, quite a, you know... I don't really want things to mess up too much. Thanks very much, Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is one of joy, one of coming in and just doing whatever he wants to do. And I pray that God will keep opening me up to that, to say, Holy Spirit, come and do whatever you want in my life. You can bring disorder if you want to. You can mess things up if you want to, because I want to be in agreement with you. You are the spirit of joy. You are the spirit of happiness. People sometimes look at religion, don't they? And can be turned off religion, because it's not very joyous. People don't look very joyous. How many of you watched the Royal Wedding yesterday? Yeah? That was great, wasn't it, watching the Royal Wedding? Wasn't that Bishop Michael fantastic? Hey? If you haven't watched it, you've got to watch the sermon that was um, preached at the Royal Wedding. And everyone's talking about it. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. And I watched an interview with him and Justin Welby afterwards, and they were talking about it. You might have seen this as well on Sky News. Um, And he was saying, yeah, the church, you know, it's one of joy, it's one of joy. And okay, if you don't, I suppose, if you're not used to that, it's quite like, oh, whoa, that was amazing. He, he was just so full, Pentecostal, full of the Spirit of God. Let's be in agreement with the Holy Spirit coming and being himself and being joyous and happy in our lives. Whatever disorder that might bring, whatever disruption that might cause, whatever chaos might happen, let's allow the Spirit to do that. And finally, um, to be in agreement with the Spirit means that we know that he is the one that does the work. Okay, Galatians 5, 22, 23, a very well-known passage, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, it's self-control. Against all these things, there's no law. It doesn't mean we're passive, but we need to allow the Spirit to work through us to cultivate those fruits in our lives. We need to give the Spirit permission because, you know, if we try and do it on our own, it's not going to be easy. It's really not easy, is it, to be kind and to be patient and to be loving to people who aren't those things to us. Okay, it's difficult. And if we're doing it in our own strength, it's really, really hard. And anyway, you know what? Um, it, it wouldn't be great if someone says to you, you know what, I'm really trying hard to love you. I'm really trying hard to be nice to you. You know, we'd think, oh, thanks very much. We can't do it on our own. We've got to allow the Spirit to come in and break through in our lives to help us to cultivate these fruits. There's no law against these things. You can't have too much of these things. Okay, you can't go overboard. Ooh, let's just not be too kind. Not too good. I don't want to go too overboard with my love and my joy. No, there's no law. And it means then that our communities, where we work, what we do, are affected by these fruits of the Spirit. I think about my workplace and where I am, and I'm not sure I always demonstrate these fruits really well. Um, And I want to say, Spirit of God, come so that I can demonstrate these fruits to the people that I work with and the people that I love And the people, actually, that I find difficult. Are we in in agreement that the Spirit of God is about seeing evidence of these things within our lives? If we want to live in a continued moment of Pentecost, if we want to live with the power of the Spirit flowing through our lives and moving in all that God is wanting for us and wanting us to do and wanting us to become, then it's finding what this verse is in Galatians. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. It's not just a one-moment 
time in church. It's not just a one filling. It's not just a one baptism. It's a life cultivated around keeping in step with the Spirit of God. And we have to adjust to him. We can't think we will make it by pursuing God in the flesh. We've got to be careful who or what we allow into our lives. And we've got to know what it is to have that, that attitude of wanting to please the Spirit. We have to be in agreement with the Spirit, knowing that we can, have, uh, we can call God Abba, Father, knowing that the Spirit is one of joy and knowing that actually it's the Spirit that does the work in our life. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And um, as we sing this final song, I want us to think about this today. It's the day of Pentecost. It's about a day of the Spirit of God moving in the lives of the followers. And we are part of that today. But I wonder what we need to do, what we can take from this, from these points, to think about what in our life do we need to do to make sure that we can adjust and agree to being in line with the Spirit. It's like that song, isn't it? Trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Is that it? Yeah, trust and obey. We've got to adjust and agree to the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit and what he's doing in our lives. Let's pray together. Father God, I, I thank you. I thank you that you gave us your Spirit here on earth. You didn't leave us and abandon us. You're not just a God out there that we pray to, but you brought your presence down on earth to fill our lives so that we can live lives of power, that we can live lives of influence, that we can live lives of fulfillment, that we can live lives of joy and of peace and of happiness. Lord, that we can live our lives just full of your love. And your spirit does that and it helps us and it enables us to do that. We thank you that you gave us your spirit. And we want to know you spirit more. We want to know what it is to to walk with you, to keep in step with you, to adjust our lives to you and not to ask you to adjust to us, to our circumstances, to our situations, to our wants and whatever it is but Lord to just align ourselves with you we want to rely on you we don't want to walk away from you we don't want to do it on our own we don't want to do it in the flesh Lord we've tried too hard on our own we've tried too long in the flesh it doesn't get us very far God we want to come back to you we want to say Spirit this day this day would you come and would you just again reawaken us We thank you that you dwell in us. We want to tap into you more. We want to go deeper. We want to go further. We want to experience more of you. Why? Because we want to see salvation in people's lives. We want people to be changed by us. We want people to see you in us and be transformed. We want the fruits of the Spirit to flow out of our lives to be a witness to those around us. God, I thank you that you are for us and that you are with us. You don't promise that the path is going to be easy. You don't promise that there won't be suffering and times of heartache. But you do promise that you'll be with us. You do promise that you will hold us and that you'll never forsake us. And we want to thank you, Spirit of God. 
God, today I pray that you would just help us to throw off all that hinders from being all that we can become in you. Let us throw off all that hinders. God, we commit ourselves again to you today. Spirit, reawaken us. Thank you, Jesus. Let us stand together. And I pray that the prayer would be that we just come back to Christ today. We just say, Spirit of God, would you move in my life? Spirit of God, would you do what you want to do in my life? I don't want to restrict you. I don't want to hold back. I don't want to be scared of disorder and mess. But I freely give myself to you, Spirit, this day. Let's just reconnect ourselves to the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delance Healing Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk.